Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. I'm your host, Bob Argyle, and today is March 15th. Welcome back. Crazy times, crazy freaking times we are living in. So today I'm going to do my part to try to keep some sense of normalcy around here. So today's episode is entitled, Dude, You Need to Chill. Sit back and relax, and welcome to today's episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It's been about a month since my last transmission, and I tell you what, things are uh, things are nuts. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> things are a little crazy right now. This whole coronavirus, COVID nineteen, whatever you want to call it, um, man, the people are freaking. They really are. Um, and I honestly, I, I don't know what. I don't get this whole thing about the toilet paper. I really don't. I'm trying to draw the connection there, and I just I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't know why everybody is absolutely freaked out about the toilet paper. Luckily for me, um, I'm kind of an accidental hoarder anyway. So um, I don't know. I mean, I already had like three pounds of toilet paper in the closet, so it's not a big deal for me. But man, I went to Aldi the other day because I just had, I I needed some odds and ends, but I just had to kind of um, check everything out for myself. You know, I'd been seeing online that you know, all these lines out in front of stores and people getting in fist fights at Costco and everything. And I'm like, you know what? Eh, my my afternoon's free. I'm going to go see what this is all about. So I went to Aldi and um, it was just nuts. It was just nuts. And sure enough, there's no toilet paper there. Um, I tried to get hamburger and stuff like that. That is all gone. Um, it's just, everybody is absolutely freaking out. My kids' schools just got closed for the next two weeks. So we're starting to kind of worry about that a little bit just because, uh, three weeks from now, or maybe it's four weeks, we have uh, spring break coming up. So we're starting to kind of wonder if that's going to affect spring break this year, which, um, you know, the kids are going to be disappointed. They really are. I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, we, we go every year, it's become a family tradition and, um, it's already paid for. Um, so, we're uh, hoping and praying that that still happens. Um, we've been looking forward to it for a year now. But you know what? Schools are closing and um, businesses are closing. Um, it's it's crazy. And as, as a small business owner, um, you know, I just sent an email out to all our clients today um, on this issue because I know there's varying opinions out there. I mean, you go on Facebook and you got half the population screaming that the sky has fallen. And then you got the other half of the population that's saying this is just, you know, the flu kills more people and all that stuff. Look, regardless of your opinion on it, regardless of which way you lean politically, left or right, um, it's disrupting the marketplace. It really is. And I felt the need to send out just an email to our clients and just let them know that, look, 
um, regardless of what your opinion is on this, the facts are that this is disrupting the marketplace. And over time, this could begin to affect our business. You know, we're all small business owners. Um, I'm a small business owner. My clients, the vast majority of them, family owned and run operations. So, um, you know, if people decide to stay home, that can be a problem. That can be a problem eventually if people decide that they're or, or if the government comes in, you know, the, the city, state, federal, any of these these government entities or these officials can come in and they can shut the roads down. I heard just the other day that uh, I think it was California and Washington. And I can't look this is you got to be very careful about what you read online. Right. I mean, anymore, you have no idea if it's truth or fiction. So um, but what I did read was an article online. Um, that California and Washington have shut down their borders. So no more travel in or out of the state. Now, for a lot of businesses, maybe that doesn't really affect them. Uh, if you're the local coffee shop in town, um, you know, um, you you don't do a lot of business without a staters, right? But for us, for our business, um, especially in the body shop's eyes, if we can't send technicians in, that can be a problem, right? So if I have a shop in Syracuse, New York, and we get a major hail event in Syracuse next month, and all of a sudden I can't get a lot of my team in state because a lot of uh, a lot of our technicians live all over the country, that can be an issue. That can be an issue if they need our technicians there and I can't get them to them. So there's a number of ways that this could really start affecting my business, uh, affecting the body shop's business. So I had to send an email out just kind of letting them know the precautions that we are taking to make sure that we're continuing to send uh, healthy and safe technicians to them um, and reassuring them that, look, um, I know this is a chaser type of business. Um, but we are a locally owned and operated franchise, meaning I have my team in state. Now, my team more times than not can handle most of the hail work here. The good thing about being part of a bigger dense smart system is once my team is fully at work and I need more technicians, um, Densmart sends in technicians from the larger system. So eventually this could really start to kind of affect my business as well. But I wanted to kind of make sure that our clients' minds were put at ease that, look, um, for the foreseeable future, our service is not going to change unless uh, uh, the federal government or the state government comes in and says, you can no longer drive. Um, I'm going to continue to take care of myself. I'm going to continue to make sure that my technicians are taking care of themselves, carrying the sanitizer in their vehicles. Um, communicating to me if they're starting to experience symptoms um, so I can get them out of the rotation and send somebody else to these shops. Um, you know, but it's it was necessary to kind of put that out there in front of our clients because it's it's just it's trying times right now. I was at the gym just this morning and I was talking to the lady at the front desk and I just asked her, I said, so what's your plan here? Right? Because everything is shutting down. Um <laughs> gyms for the most part are kind of cesspools right everybody's in there and sweating and breathing all over everything and <laughs> all sorts of bodily fluids so um i was kind of assuming that the gym up here um, by my house was going to be shutting down and what she said it, it it was nice to hear she was like look we aren't shutting down 
we feel that we need to continue to do what we do um, to kind of keep a sense of normalcy around here. Um, we want people to know that the gym is staying open. We are going to increase measures. We are going to begin cleaning more than we already have. Um, but we're staying open because this time right now, more than any maybe in the past, people need to be able to escape. They need to be able to get their head right. Um, they need to take care of themselves and make sure that their immune systems are up. So it's just, it's kind of a crazy time. Um, but I subscribe to that theory. I really do. And that's why I wanted to make sure that I got this out to our clients this morning and just let them know, look, business, we're open for business. Unless somebody tells me that I can't drive, uh, I'm going to continue serving our clients. Um, our team is going to continue serving our clients and we're going to do it in a safe way, in a healthy way, in a smart way. And that's all we can really do now. We have this conversation going on inside of the warrior group right now. Um, number of different businessmen in there, um, from all different industries and, you know, one of the guys is a gym owner and he's handling it very well right now. He's starting to kind of move to an online format, um, for people that are home, for people that can't, maybe don't want to get to his gym, even though he didn't shut the gym down, he's trying to still send them instruction for home workouts and stuff like that to serve his clients through this time. We have other men in the group that are trying different things because the, the whole thing is to continue to kind of serve our clients um, and continue to try to be um, the calm in the storm right now because everybody is freaking the hell out. <laughs> it's just crazy. So that's one thing that I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing until somebody tells me I can't. But So that is my little coronavirus update. But um, ironically, the title of this episode is Dude, You Need to Chill. And um, I think it kind of pertains to a lot of different things going on in the world right now. I think we all need to chill with this coronavirus thing. Um, my own personal perspective on it is uh, this too shall pass. But um, actually, it has nothing to do with the coronavirus, the title of this episode. The reason I had play, I've been putting this episode together for a little while, and it all stems from a, a meme that I shared a little while back. For some of you that follow me on Instagram, um, I shared a meme, and um, it's it was just one of those memes. You know, every once in a while, one comes along, and it just you just really connect with it. And so I thought it was um, something that was relevant to the men in the warrior group. So I shared it into the warrior group and it just sparked this, this whole conversation from there. Um, it really went down a, a path that I never expected it to go down and it was a really good path. Um, we had a lot of good discussion on it and I think a couple of the men in the group had some breakthroughs and, and it was cool. So I'm, I just wanted to share the meme with you. The meme, the quote that I shared, it's, it goes like this. One of the most toxic ideas I held on to as an entrepreneur was to always be hustling 24-7, trying to sneak that email or text during dinner, not being in the moment with a loved one because my mind was busy. And now I know that the more I rest, the greater my results when I do hustle. And I, 
especially for where I'm at today. Um, I know it's kind of the cool thing. Uh, always be hustling. You see those quotes on, on social media, always be hustling, you know, like it's a badge of honor. And I, I agree with that in a sense. I agree that we have to be hungry. I agree that we have to strive to produce for our businesses and for our families um, every single day. But I have kind of a different perspective on that. I think we need to always be hustling in all four domains of our life, in our bodies, our being, our balance, and our business. Right? So I need to be also hustling inside of my, my balance, my relationships with those that I care about. I always need to be striving to improve those relationships and increase connection with my loved ones, right? Um, inside of my body, I always need to be striving to push myself to live healthier, to eat better, um, to, to motivate, motivate myself to get out to the gym in the morning, um, to take care of my body. I'm not getting any younger. I'm 43 now, you know? And for a very long time, I did not take care of my body. I didn't. <laughs> So now more than ever, it's important that I need to hustle in that area of my life as well and inside of the being domain and the business domain. So I look at it collectively that um, the always be hustling quote needs to be all encompassing for everything in our life, constantly be pushing to rise and to improve in all areas. So I shared this quote into the group because we constant as businessmen we it's almost it's a funny thing we constantly have to be reminding ourselves because our default is to fall back on business right we start struggling in our marriages we start struggling in our relationships um, not feeling it at the gym we start living a little more unhealthier maybe we're drinking a little more maybe we're doing some things that we shouldn't be doing we always tend to kind of fall back to the business as men, right? As long as the business is going well, um, everything else is okay. It's okay to let our bodies go as long as the business is producing, as long as I got money in the bank. And that's so not true, right? So I thought this quote was relevant to the group to share it as almost like a reminder. Just an example of this always be hustling mentality. Kind of a funny story from years ago. Um, when I was still married, we lived out in a town called Little Falls, New York. And I had certain days that my kid's mom worked. And those were the days that I tried to schedule my office days. Most of my work was on the road. But um, we had kind of this schedule worked out where um, if she got called in last minute or whatever, more times than not, I could I could make it work. I could work from home. I could do emails. I could do phone calls. I could do stuff like that. So I was sitting in the office one day and it was a typical home day for me. Um, I could hear the kids at this time. Dylan and Bobby were like, geez, maybe, maybe two and a half and four. I mean, <laughs> they were young. They were really young. And what I tended to do was I would hole up in my office as long as I didn't hear anything major breaking, as long as I could hear them kind of playing in the other room. Um, that allowed me to continue to kind of just indulge in the business, um, just kind of, you know, engulf myself in the business. And hours would go by. And back then, we had this house. Um, I used to tell everybody it was my dream home. Um, it was a Victorian home that we had bought. Um, back then, this was prior to the crash in 2008. So we got a really good deal on it. And um, 
we were going through this house and we remodeled the entire place right down to the studs. And it was beautiful. I mean, hardwood floors. It was much bigger than anybody would ever need. And But it was, it was the home that I was convinced they were going to pull me out on a slab. I was never moving again. By then, this was like our sixth or seventh house. But it was a beautiful home, huge Victorian, and it had the big, long hallways upstairs. Um, and I was sitting in what was my the guest room, but it also served as my office. And I had been in there for probably a couple hours, just working away on the phone, emailing, doing my, doing my typical business stuff. And um, the kids come, <laughs> the kids came in, and they're like, "Daddy, Daddy, you got to come see this." And I was like, oh boy, what is this? So I walked out into the hallway and I remember the looks on their faces. They were so proud of themselves. And hell, I was proud of them when I saw what they had done. They had gotten into my change jar, which back then I had a change jar that was like two feet high. It was like a big beer bottle, it looked like. And it was two feet high, sitting on the floor. They had gotten into this change jar and they had dumped the entire thing out on the floor. And they had taken all of the pennies and starting just outside my office door, they had gone end to end, hundreds, probably thousands of pennies in a straight line all the way down the upstairs hallway, in and out of all the bedrooms, in and out of the bathroom, down the stairs, throughout the entire dining room, living room. It was amazing. It was like the eighth wonder of the world. I had never seen anything like it. I was so proud of them. Because it was just such ingenuity. <laughs> but when I look back on it now, I was like, I was just in my own little world for hours. Thinking that I was taking care of the kids. Thinking that I was, quote, keeping an eye on my kids. But they had time to literally just run this trail of pennies <laughs> throughout my entire house. I got video of it. I had to get video of it. It was amazing. But it just kind of proves the point how we as men can get distracted. As long as we're working, as long as we're building our business, we're serving our family, right? We're, we're relevant. We're contributing to our families. We're contributing to society. And I think it's hard for us to shut our brain down sometimes, to really truly relax, to rest, to play. You know, think back to when you were a kid, what you enjoyed doing. When was the last time you actually went out and did something that you truly enjoyed? So anyways, back to the conversation. This this sparked this like two-day conversation inside of this group where my buddy Ben had shared that he liked the meme, but he's like, look, I literally don't think I know how to relax. I do not know how to rest. I cannot shut my brain down. I can schedule time that I need to rest and recharge the batteries and rejuvenate, meditate, whatever the, the technique might be. But he, he has a hard time putting himself in the moment and being present in the moment and shutting his brain down and truly relaxing, not sedating, not staring at a TV and you know some sort of mindless activity. Truly taking time for himself and resting. There's so much stimulus out there that I think it's hard for people to shut down their brains and really be in the moment. One of the other guys chimed in and said, hey, what do you think about getting out in nature? Just going out for a walk 
or something. Just getting away from society, getting away from the masses, and just going out and, and being in the country or being in nature for a while, taking some time for yourself. And I thought it was a very good idea, but um, my buddy Ben had private messaged me after that because we had the conversation going in the group, and he had reached out and he said, look, dude, you know, being in nature gives me the creeps. <laughs> he says, and not to mention... I feel like I can't disconnect from life enough to really make it worthwhile. There's all sorts of techniques out there, right? And and I, I felt for him. I really did. I felt for him because he was honestly struggling trying to figure out a way to shut his mind down. And that can make people literally lose their mind. You know, it's we have men having heart attacks at younger and younger ages these days. Men are stroking out because the stress is just getting to them because they don't have a way to escape it. And there's techniques out there. Don't get me wrong. Um, I meditate. I journal. Um, but I still have to take melatonin at night. Every single night. It's the only way I can get my body to shut down because I want to go. I, I, I just have to be deliberate about going to bed. I used to sit up till all hours of the night until the exhaustion set in and I just fell asleep. But I've realized that I can't do that anymore. I've realized the effect that has on me the next day because I'm exhausted, because I wasn't getting the proper amount of sleep. So I had to become deliberate in literally forcing myself to go to bed at nine o'clock. Sometimes it, it, you know, sometimes I'll lay in bed and it goes till 10 or whatever, but I used to stay up till 12 o'clock every single night. And then I'd get up in the morning, I'd usually oversleep, and my whole day, I'd just, I'd be stressed. I'd be behind the eight ball the entire day because I didn't start my morning the right way because I didn't get the right amount of sleep. So melatonin has helped me. Mind dumps is another technique. And for those of you that don't know what a mind dump is, if you've got a journal, one of the things that we do is we literally, we just take our journal out before bedtime and we literally do a mind dump. Everything good that happened for that day, you write it down in the journal. Everything bad, all the good accomplishments, all the failures, um, all the struggles and challenges that you went through for the day, um, things that happened with your kids, things that happened in your relationships, just everything. Just get it out. Stuff that happened in your business, get it out and get it on paper because it actually serves to let you kind to help you shut your brain down because you kind of got it all out. It's called a mind dump. So back to this conversation with Ben, one of the conversations that we had was obviously he didn't like going out in nature. He didn't feel he could shut down. But when he was a kid, he enjoyed blocks like Legos. And he also, one of the businesses he was in for a while, he, he did some time as an as a architect. So he had this connection to blocks. So he suggested that he was going to start taking blocks in his briefcase to work with him, to quote, occupy his time. To which I responded, dude, it's not blocks. It's not about occupying our time. And I challenged him to push further. I get that the blocks, you have a connection to it. And um, he was going to take some time every day, maybe on his lunch, and he was going to build something with the blocks. That's what he was going to do. And I said, dude, that might be a good temporary fix, but it's not about occupying our time. 
And I challenged him to push further and to continue thinking on that, to really give some thought into something that will literally call him, something he's drawn to, something that you don't have to schedule in because it's physically impossible for you to forget. One of the the targets that I have in this quarter is, is looking for a hobby because I need to be able to disconnect. I need to be able to chill the hell out. Right. So I identified that as something that I needed to focus on this year. And um, one of the things that I'm getting back to finally is drumming. It was something I really enjoyed. I was never really good at drumming when I was in high school. Um, I basically did it for the chicks. (laughs) But, um, you know, I was sufficient. I could carry a beat and I still have the drums to this day. So that's one of the things that I'm going to get back into is the drumming. Just something that I enjoy, something that's going to call me, something that I don't feel like I got to schedule in or else I'll forget it, right? Because that's what it should be about. I've also found that I really like swimming. So when I go to the gym, they have a a little three-lane pool there. When it's open, I like to get in and swim because it's enjoyable. It's something that I literally look forward to doing. So I talked to Ben about continuing to think on that and figuring out what it is that really calls him. What it is that when he is doing it, he can forget about everything going on in life, everything going on in business, and truly be happy and enjoy himself. And it's not blocks. There's occupying your time, and then there's taking time to do something that fulfills you and that you truly enjoy, right? So look, the reality is this. As men, we're programmed to hustle. It's ingrained in us. We're programmed to produce, to constantly be working. Even when we physically aren't in the office, we're usually thinking about work. So true relaxation is something that we need to work at so that we can be present in the moment. And if we have that thing, whatever that might be, that allows us to just disconnect from everything in the world. And just take some time for ourselves to do something that we want to do. To put ourselves first, even if only for 30 minutes out of the day. What we found is it makes that time that we are expected to produce that much more productive. Because we're recharged. Because we're focused. Now, how do we find what that is? I don't know. Think back to your childhood. Think back to something that you truly enjoyed when you were a kid. Maybe there's something out there today that you just haven't allowed yourself to try yet. There's all sorts of activities out there. Hobbies, different things that you can do that are going to allow you to really recharge. And isn't that what it's all about? Isn't it, it's not about working 70 years of our lives and then dying. It's not always about the big, beautiful house on the hill and having uh, the three cars and the boats and the bikes and all that. That's all great. But a lot of people are just so overextended because they wanna, they're keeping up with the Joneses, right? More and more people are starting to kind of come around to the idea that it's more about experiences. It's more about enjoyment of life. 
Um, and I think that's just something that comes with age, maybe. Because I was there, my 20s and my 30s, I was going to be a millionaire. I was going to, you know, it was all about production. It was all about working, never taking time for myself or to get the proper amount of sleep or, or anything. It was just about getting up and going out and chasing that rabbit every single freaking day. One of the exercises that we did in Warrior back in the day was uh, they called it the inner child exercise. And the idea of this exercise was that as men were so pent up and we had thousands of men coming into this group um, at the same time, all bringing different issues and troubles from their lives and failures and, you know, failed businesses, failed marriages, um, all sorts of struggles. And Coach Sam Falsafi, one of the things that he challenged us to do was to get back to that boy, that inner child, that seven-year-old boy before life came and punched him in the face when he was just happy and hopeful about life in general. And the inner child exercise, it was designed to get us back to that point, to center ourselves. Think back. I mean, come on, man. Think back to that, that kid that seven-year-old kid, how he was just happy, how he was content, how he was excited about life. And there was so much that he had to learn yet. He hadn't been jaded yet by society. He hadn't been indoctrinated yet by media and politicians. He was innocent, right? And I remember the exercise was supposed to be you were to find nature somewhere and you were to go out and you were to reconnect with that seven-year-old boy. And I remember how profound an experience that was for me when I did it. Downtown Syracuse, we have this little area where you step into it. It's like a walking trail and you finally get to this point where you literally feel like you are in the country. And that's what they recommended. If you were in New York City, go to Central Park. If you were up in upstate New York, go up into the mountains, do whatever. You needed to get to nature first if you were going to have an experience where you could reconnect with your inner child. And I, so here I am, I found myself at this park, downtown Syracuse, and I'm just walking along. And the idea of the exercise was to just walk and kind of find a spot and then um, sit down and meditate. Meditate. And there was going to be a message that that boy, when you finally connected with your seven-year-old self, he was going to give you a message. And that message we had to bring back to the group and report back to the group what that message was. And as I'm walking down this trail... I was envisioning that seven-year-old version of myself that I had forgotten about for years when I had gotten caught up in life and gotten caught up in business and all these other distractions. I felt that I had forgotten about him. And as I'm walking, I envisioned, I felt like he was in the trees near me, jumping from tree to tree as I'm walking down this trail. And I envisioned him just kind of sitting there watching quietly, 
not saying anything. He hadn't seen me in years, so he wasn't quite sure if it was me or not. And I continued to walk and I continued to feel like he was just there in the distance, in the trees, watching me. Who is this dude? And we walked together down this path. It was an amazing experience for me. Literally brought me to tears at the end of this because it had been so long and I had been through so much shit in my life. And it was such a profound experience, like I was facing this little boy that I had forgotten about for all these years. And I felt guilty that I had forgotten about him. I had forgotten about taking care of myself. And I started to kind of fear like what that message was going to be. So after I got to the end of the path, I sat there. And I meditated. And in that meditation, the message that I got, that I brought back to the group, was first and foremost that he was disappointed. He was disappointed that the man I had become hadn't lived up to our potential. He had bigger plans at seven for us. And he was disappointed. And that was hard because it hit me like a punch in the face. Like how, how much I had let myself down. That was the first part of the message. But the second part of the message was this, that I am a leader I'm not a follower. I had spent much of my adult life being a follower, being somebody that I thought others wanted me to be. So he reassured me that I was. We were a leader. We weren't a follower. He reassured me that I was deserving of happiness and that I had to forgive myself for past failures, because he wanted to be happy. He wanted us to be happy again. And he made me promise to commit to never losing sight of who God created me to be ever again. Those were the messages that I brought back to the group. And that's pretty much... The doctrine that I've lived by ever since, it was an amazing experience. It may seem silly to some, but I tell you what, the revelations that a lot of men in the group had, it was literally life-changing for them to go back to that version of themselves that was so hopeful about life, had all these big plans. To go back to that version and reconnect with that version of ourselves, it was life-changing. And I think by going back to that version, you reconnect with a lot of things. It was an opportunity to kind of revisit what I really enjoyed doing. Some of the things that made me happy as a seven-year-old kid. It'd been a long time since I'd even gone to that place. 
that's one of the first things you do in the warrior program because they need you to reset. They need you to get back to a version of yourself where you're open-minded and you're ready to learn and recreate yourself and rebuild yourself. So that is definitely one of the exercises that you go through in the first month or two of warrior. But that being said, you could always reach out to me and I could talk about it because it was an amazing experience. It really was really, really was. So back to the subject though, I don't care how old you are or young. Life is meant to be enjoyed, right? We are not meant to work our lives away and then die. We're meant to experience as many different things as we possibly can. And it's extremely important to enjoy ourselves and to find what that is that sets your soul on fire. What calls you? And if you're not doing it, I would highly recommend that you search that out, you seek it out, and you have to be deliberate about taking time for yourself. We all do. I went to a concert a couple weeks ago with my father, and we went and we saw this uh, blues singer. Eric Gales was his name. And back in my hometown, we have this little venue. Uh, It was an old church that they changed into this concert venue. And they have some really good acts that show up there. But there was this blues singer that was showing up there. I didn't have the kids. Um, I found out about it kind of late. But um, my father and my uncle got me a ticket, and I met up with them that Friday night. But there were so many things that I had to do throughout the week to make sure that I was present in that moment so I could go and I could truly enjoy myself and spend time with two of my most favorite people in the world, my dad and my uncle. And there was work that had to go into that week for me to be able to um, go and just have fun and enjoy myself and enjoy my family, right? There was work that I had to do with my kids throughout the week. There was work that I had to do for my business um, so that I could go and I could kind of let loose a little bit and have fun. And I'm glad that I did because in years past, even if I had gone, my mind wouldn't have been there. I would have been in 20 different places at the same time. But because I had been deliberate about um, everything that I needed to do throughout the week so I could go and I could enjoy myself on this Friday, I had an amazing, amazing experience. First and foremost, Eric Gales is an amazing blues guitarist, and it was a really, really good time. But he has such a cool story. The night that we were there, I believe was actually his four-year anniversary that he had been clean and sober. So the whole crowd, you know, gave him a round of applause for that. Um, it was, it was obvious that this dude had been through a lot. He had had a very, very challenging life, right? So as we're sitting there and we're watching the band and I'm taking it in and I'm just hanging with my dad and just enjoying the show, Um, My kids weren't with me, so I had done the work with my kids um, throughout the week and really, you know, built and worked on that relationship with them. So I didn't even think about my kids. I was just in the moment. I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't thinking about anything else. I was just enjoying my time with my family and enjoying this amazing performance and hearing this amazing story about this fella and watching it all unfold and come to find out his wife was the percussionist on stage and she was amazing and she was really good and um 
you know, there was struggle and there was strife between them, I'm sure, throughout the years if he had this addiction. And there she sat on stage playing in his band, supporting him. It was like a reconciliation, a rebirth of that relationship. And it was cool to witness. He only let us in on a little bit of the story. I can only imagine the trauma and the struggle that had gone on inside of that relationship. But there they sat, renewed, on stage, jamming together. It was such a cool thing to see. And then, so my dad and I, we go out into this like little area outside the, the venue. Um, well, it was another room inside of the venue. We go out to grab a drink. And um, there's this, this beautiful girl just working the merchandise table there. And come to find out that was his daughter, who's on the road with him as well, who, again, a, a ton of challenges inside of that relationship, father and daughter, and dealing with the addiction and all the stuff that he'd probably put that family through, and there she sat, reconciliation, supporting her father. It's just such a cool thing to kind of witness. And the moral of this is I never would have been able to go and really truly enjoy that experience and really see it for what it was if I was preoccupied with everything else in life. So you you have to be deliberate about these experiences and getting everything out of them that you can. So I'm just going to end it with this. A story from years ago. I was on vacation. I was still married to my kid's mom. We were on vacation down in the Outer Banks. And back then, um, it was a challenge just for me to go on vacation. I didn't like to go on vacation. I had too much work to do. Um, so we would schedule the vacation prior to hail season. Um, and I would almost go under protest. And it used to drive my ex crazy because I'd spend pretty much, we'd go on vacation, but I'd still spend pretty much the entire time on the phone or on the computer or something like that. Because I just, business mindset, had had important shit to do <laughs> when I was on vacation. Um, just Just blowing this opportunity to have an amazing experience with family and my kids and whatnot. Um, I was that guy. I was always hustling, never present in the moment. So we had spent the entire week down there, and it was, uh, but this year I remember there was a hurricane that was wreaking havoc just south of us. We were in the Outer Banks, and there was a hurricane that was off the coast of Florida. And for most of the week, we had a very good time, um, great weather, but towards the end of the week, the, the overcast skies set in. It started getting cold and windy, and we started seeing uh, there was an advisory. They shut the beach down. Like the last two days we were there, we couldn't even swim because of riptides and because of these crazy currents and rogue waves and stuff that were just wreaking havoc all up the coast. It was moving towards North Carolina. So over the last couple of days, it was the weather was getting worse and worse. So it was the last day of vacation, and I got the usual, take the kids, go keep them occupied so mom can load up the car and get us ready. And that was just kind of, that was kind of the, I don't know, that's the arrangement we had. I would take the kids, go occupy them, 
and she would handle all the logistical stuff, get the car loaded, get the house cleaned, and you know, so we could we could leave. So there I was. I take the kids down. They wanted to say goodbye to the beach. That's what they wanted to do. Um, they were very very young at this time, just babies. And so I take the kids out to the beach, and um, we couldn't go in the water, obviously. So we sat there probably about twenty to thirty feet away from the beach and windy and cold the three of us we were all just standing there watching the waves crash in I had Bobby on one side Dylan on the other and I just so happened to be holding both of their hands and before I knew it a rogue wave had come up so hard and so fast that even though we were standing back by the cattails, before I even knew it, we were in four feet of water and my kids were sideways. Sideways. I remember holding on to them so hard and just praying to God not to let them go. They were babies. And that water, that current, was doing everything it possibly could to pull those kids out. And it just so happened that I happened to be standing there, not on my phone, not preoccupied with something stupid, but I was in the moment. I was watching the water with those kids. And in that instant, I happened to be holding on to both of their hands. Holding on to them so hard that I bruised their wrists. I was fearing for all three of us. And as quick as it came in, it receded and it was back out, along with my phone, along with keys, along with all sorts of the, the beach toys that the kids had. In a blink of an eye, it was gone. And the kids were crying. They were scared. I was visibly shaken. I thought I was going to lose my kids. I think about this to this day, how different things could have been if I just happened to be holding one of their hands. If I could have been doing my typical routine of, yeah, go ahead and play kids. Daddy's going to check the ESPN on his phone. So grateful that I was standing there present in the moment with my kids because it made all the difference in the world. My life has been an incredible blessing and these two kids make me the happiest man in the world. And it could have it could have all changed that day for the worse. The moral of this is to be present in business when you're meant to be in business and producing and to be present in your family and your personal relationships when you're meant to be disconnected from business and investing in your personal relationships and your family. How do you do that? It's tricky. It's not easy. It's not easy. But finding that one thing that really sets you on fire, finding that one thing that truly inspires you and allows you to disconnect from the day-to-day -day bullshit and invest in yourself and take time for yourself can make all the difference in the world.
One of my buddies in the Warrior Group, he disconnects by gaming. He's not a gamer that sits downstairs all the time. He is an extremely successful businessman. And he's a man of God, and he is a great husband and a great father. He's building an amazing business. He really is. But when it's time for him to chill out, you know what he does? He spends an hour downstairs and he games, and he doesn't think about anything else. I don't know if it's Halo or Call of Duty or whatever it is, but that's what he does. Because that's what gives him enjoyment. He doesn't get out of control with it. But that's what he still likes to do. We have to have something that that drives us, that we truly enjoy, and something that we can look forward to. And by making time for ourselves first, that's what's going to allow us to show up for the people in our life that matter. For the people in our life that are helping us move our businesses forward. For our wives, our kids, our family members. So I would challenge you to take some time and think about what it is that inspires you. What have you been putting off for too long? What did you do when you were a kid that you enjoyed doing? What was a hobby that you once had? Mine was drumming. I used to really enjoy drumming. And then for 25 years, those things sat around and collected dust. Never to be played. So that's my avenue. That's my pathway. Because it gives me enjoyment. It allows me to be a kid again. And just forget about all the day-to-day bullshit going on. Right? What is your thing that you can do? I remember as a kid, my dad would just sit around the house and he would strum the bass. We'd be sitting at the table doing our homework or whatever, and he'd just be sitting there strumming the bass because he loves to play the bass. And I would have him consider picking that back up and playing more because I know it brings him true enjoyment. So what is the one thing that you can start with? That will get you down that path of freedom and enjoyment. And will help you show up in the other areas of your life. Because you're content and you're happy. So that's it for this week. I'm going to leave you with that. As usual, a few closing comments. I'd ask that if you connect with this message and if you know of anybody that would connect with this message as well, to simply share it up. You can also find me on Facebook at RobertEArgyle.com. That's my Facebook business page. You can find me on Instagram at the Robert Argyle. And if you connect with this message and you like these monthly podcasts that I'm putting out, I would ask that you just stop in and leave a review because it helps my rankings. As always, if you're a man struggling in life, check out warriorbook.com. That's warriorbook.com to find like-minded men like you looking to improve their lives and looking to begin leading their families and their businesses in 2020. So that's it. 
for this episode. Thank you again for listening to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. Until next time, I am your host, Bob Argyle. Make it a great day. Peace.